0: Daniel, if you would, take your Bibles to the book of Daniel this morning. And as we consider the life of Daniel, uh, it's been said that there are many people who um, want to be just like Daniel. You read the scriptures, you find that there's some things quality-wise or the life that Daniel lived, and you say, oh, I want to live my life, I want to experience some of the things that Daniel lived, some of the things that he experienced, some of the things that he had done. And the truth of the matter is that you have that opportunity presented before you. Uh, but to do what Daniel did or to be who Daniel was, you have to do some of those things. Uh, you know, it's been said uh, whenever you look at the sports world, there was a coach who made the statement whenever he was talking to his team. He said, everyone wants to be the beast until they have to do what the beast does. And you think about that, everyone wants to be someone until they realize all the work, all the energy, all the time that actually went into it. You study scripture, you'll find that there are people who say, oh, I wanna, I wanna be just like Joseph until you have to walk the walk that Joseph walked. Oh, I wanna be just like Daniel until you have to do some of the things that Daniel did. Oh, I wanna live my life just like Paul until you have to do some of the things that Paul did concerning the life of a Christian being lived out. You see, the Christian life doesn't just happen overnight. It's something that you you continuously live out as you live a faithful life to the Lord and you give some things to the Lord. As you yield some things to the Lord and you implement some things into your life, then it begins to take place within your life. As you come to the book of Daniel and you notice some strong statements that are found all throughout this book of the Bible. As you walk through, you'll see that there were times in which Daniel was praying. There were times in which he was uh, praising the Lord. Bible says in chapter number 6, as a matter of fact, in verse number 3, then this Daniel was preferred, and we looked at that a couple of years ago on him being preferred and what it took to get him to that place of being preferred, and we walked through the life of Daniel a little bit. But as you walk back through this book of the Bible, I wonder this morning if you're willing to lay some things down, if you're willing to get rid of some things in your life, if you're willing to yield yourself to the Lord to get to a place where you're living a fruitful Christian life. I was reminded over the last couple of weeks and last couple of days even that many times within our lives as people, not just individuals, but Christians as well, that we give our our time and energy to so much of the temporal things. We make sure that we take care of our physical bodies, and we're exercising, and we're putting the right nutrition sometimes. We're drinking the right amount of water, and we're making sure that we have all of the, the, the right nutrients, and we're making sure that we have everything that's comfortable temporally. We don't take care of ourselves spiritually. We don't get in the Word of God. I wonder this morning if you were to be honest with yourself and you were to ask yourself some of the hard questions, because we are, are great at giving a lot of excuses, every single one of us, myself included. Why is it that so many people are uncomfortable to have a biblical conversation? Oftentimes it's because we're unwilling to get in the Bible and see what the Bible has to say, and so we're not willing to talk about it. Why is it that we're unwilling to pray with others oftentimes? Well, oftentimes because we don't even have a private prayer life. And so as you begin to ask yourself some of those hard questions, you come to the book of Daniel this morning. I want you to notice what the Bible says in the life of Daniel that began to take place that I want to encourage you to ask the Lord to help you with some of the decisions that Daniel made that we would ask ourselves this question, are we willing to make some of these decisions to get ourselves into a faithful Christian walk with the Lord? Notice what he says in verse number four, children in whom was no blemish. Now you're familiar here. Nebuchadnezzar is wanting the best of the best. He's wanting to make sure that he's not just gotten average individuals, but he wants the best of the best. And the Bible says in verse number four, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science. And such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. As you walk through verse number 4, you begin to realize that Daniel was being prepared for something that was much bigger than him. You see, Daniel is being prepared. It's an amazing thing within our society today that we're seeing more than ever that children are bucking at their parents' commands and instructions and the preparation that they're trying to prepare them for in life. The Bible says in verse number four, children and who was was no blemish, speaking of no defects, if you would, they were well favored. They were good looking. They were well to, uh, to look on. If you would, they were skillful in all wisdom. They were very smart individuals. They were cunning in knowledge. They were well educated. They were understanding science. They, they were able to discern and understand some things and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace of whom they might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. As you think about the preparation. The Lord is always doing a preparation work within every single one of our lives. As you think about the preparation that is taking place. You begin to go back to as a child. There, there was preparation within the home. Right at this very moment there are certain principles. There are certain uh, just uh, common sense things that we are teaching our children. That we are preparing them for as they continue to grow up. There are times whenever we will tell our children that they are not to go and do certain things such as go out on the road. Why? Because we don't want them to go out on the road and get hit by a car. We're preparing them to use their brain to understand that when danger is coming, we do not need to get in front of danger. And so we're preparing them for some things. We are having to, to talk about at certain times things that they're allowed to do and things they're allowed to watch and things they're not allowed to do and things they're not allowed to watch. Why? Because we're preparing them to think that, hey, what would the Lord want me to do? So there's a preparation within the home. As you think about preparation, there's a preparation not only in the home, but there's a preparation in God's house. You know, the Lord's house in many places is just turning into just uh, I saw the other day they were they were talking about uh, on ESPN. They were talking about something that someone had made and they named a certain athlete, the biggest clown in sports. And the reality that we're living in is there are a lot of churches that have a lot of clown shows that are going on. We're not getting serious about things. As a matter of fact, we, we, we come into the house of God sometimes and we have no desire for the word of God to be opened up. I was listening to a man who is was a missionary all the way overseas, and he was, he was teaching some people things, and he was talking about the subject matter of worship. He said, we we've began to, to, to indoctrinate, and we began to, to allow certain things to creep into the church, and all of a sudden our worship is based off of what the music is like. And he said, we don't even understand what true worship is, because when people are being invited to church, all they're wanting is all of the entertainment anymore. This isn't just in America now. Now it's creeping over into other parts of the world. Why? Because we're allowing these things. We're not taking these things seriously. And so you begin to think about the preparation within God's house as we open the word of God and the word of God is being taught, whether it's in the Sunday school hour, whether it's in the, the, the Wednesday night programs, whether it's in the Bible studies, whether it's in just a morning service on a Sunday or an evening service on a Sunday, the word of God is being preached and as the Holy Spirit is doing a work within our lives. There are many things that you all are facing this morning. Every single one of us is somewhere. Some of you walked in the doors with a burden on your heart right this very moment. Some of you are searching for some wisdom in making a certain decision, or you're certain for guidance, or you're trying to find strength to make the next step of faith in your life, or whatever the case might be. Everyone is somewhere, and right this very moment, God is doing a preparation work within our lives. And we ask the question, Lord, what are you trying to do? And He begins to reveal it's a work of preparation. We find that not only in God's house is He doing that work, but He's doing it through His Word see, preparation through the Word of God. I know within our society, there are times whenever Christians will be going through certain issues or they're struggling or whatever the case might be. And I've talked to many pastors about these things. I call some of these pastors that I look up to and admire about certain things. And I'll say, hey, what would be some advice that you would give? And I found that many times the the answer is going back to the basics of getting back to the Word of God getting back into to the 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 prayer closet developing the walk that you ought to have the lord in your relationship with the lord there's a gentleman that i know went to college with him and uh i don't know him well but i know him we went to college and he got married a couple of years ago and they got married and their their marriage hit a rocky start for just a little while he visited our church as a matter of fact and uh they were they gotten married and then they began to, to continue working on things. And we were just standing in the foyer. This was a couple of years ago. We were over at Corporate Drive and he just asked me a couple of questions. And I said, man, you, you've got to you got to lead the home. You gotta get in the Word of God and you gotta think spiritually. You've gotta really, you know, develop your relationship with the Lord. You can't continue living this way and going about this thing and, and just casually living a Christian life and think everything's gonna fall into place because that's never the way God intended for it to take place. And he began to talk and just, just a little, a couple of days ago I saw that he posted that they had gotten through and he began to testify on that, that page that he had made a, a picture, a post with a picture and everything. He began to testify that Man, that first year of marriage was rough, but man, they've, since the grace of God, began to place an emphasis on the Lord and things like that, the Lord, their second year of marriage and the third year of marriage has been a world of difference. Why? Because they got some things in order. They began to realize that if they were going to neglect the Word of God, the house of God, the will of God, and the way that God intended for their marriage to look like and their marriage to go, then they would never experience true happiness. So they began to implement some things. You see, there's preparation that is always going on. Notice the preparation that is taking place here. This didn't just happen overnight. This was preparation that was going on. Children, who was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science. All of this had already been taking place. We look at the life of Daniel sometimes, and we think that in verse number 8, as the Bible goes on and says, but Daniel purposed in his heart, that it was right then and there that Daniel started purposing some things. No, 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 no. Daniel had been living this life out. You see, this is the first time in public that we're going to see it. But in private, it had been something that he was faithfully given to. Daniel understood some things about living for the Lord and discernment. understood some things about giving his life to the Lord. And so there was preparation that was taking place. There was preparation to live in the world, but not be of the world. Oh, what a difficult thing that was. As you think about verse number four, and as they had already been prepared for some things. Later on in scripture, you're going to find that there's a, a word or a statement rather that is going to be made that ought to excite you when he says, but there is a God in heaven. Hey, they knew all about that. They were aware as they were about to be sent through that fiery furnace. As you think about all of that was taking place, there was preparation that was going on long before. And I say this t- this morning, young people, don't fight the godly preparation that you're getting in your home. Don't fight the godly preparation that you're finding in the local church. Allow the Lord to bring you along. And that is a message for every single one of us, that we not fight the preparation of God within our lives. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we begin to get angry at God for certain seasons that he is sending us through. And we begin to say, Lord, why are you allowing this to take off? I'm about to quit, only to realize that he was preparing us for something far greater if we would have just continued to stay faithful. And so you see the preparation in the book of Daniel here. Notice with me, number two, you see that he purposed in his heart. Notice the Bible says in verse number eight, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. The prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord, the king. Who hath appointed your meat and your drink? For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sword? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king? Then Daniel said to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hanani, Michel and Azariah, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the king's meat that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. You see, as he is purposing in his heart, he is not going to defile himself. He is not going to just go along with the crowd. This is one of the most hard or most difficult things that we find sometimes within life in general, is the peer pressure just to go on just because everyone else is going on. We see this in the workplace. There are times whenever you are persuaded to do something just because everyone else is. And hey, let's not make a big deal about this. But later on in Scripture, you are taught also that we are to stand out, that we are a peculiar people, that we are a different people, that it's okay to be a little bit different, that you ought not be ashamed of being different and living different and talking different and going about life different, that a Christian ought to look different and live different and look at things a little bit differently than the things of the world. But sometimes if we're not careful, we uh, we don't want to prove those things. We don't want to purpose those things. We don't want to allow all of that be so we allow ourselves to be persuaded. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 8, that word purposed. It means to determine, to fix. In the Sunday school hour this morning, we were talking about walking and living in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit, and being what you do, and living in the Spirit, being who you are. And as you live in the Spirit, you begin to do the things that you ought to begin doing. As you begin to think about walking in the spirit and living in the spirit, there comes a time when every single one of us is going to face that peer pressure, if you would. And there's going to be times when people say, hey, don't make a big deal about this. But can I share with you, there are things that need to be made a big deal about. Look, when we are around a crowd and there's vulgar language that is taking place, we should not be laughing about this. We should not be allowing this. We should not be okay with this. But oftentimes we laugh about it. We make jokes. Oh, well, that's just kind of what they're like. You know, that's just who they are. What are you doing to change it? Have you shared the gospel? Have you presented the gospel? Have you presented the simple truth that God has changed your life and that God could change their life and what the Lord could do with their life because he's done something in your life? No, we don't just sit there and say, oh, well, it's just, you know, I don't want to make a big deal about it. You look at some of the greatest influence in people's lives many of the great influences in people's lives were people that said, hey, you should not be doing that. I go back as a teenager and right after I'd gotten saved and think about some of the people that invested in me. I remember Ronnie Fowler in our church would walk up and give me a big old hug and just tell me he loves me. Uh, Al Kopic would walk up and shake my hand and ask me a question or uh, trying to challenge me or, you know, see what was going on or how everything was going. Paul Elder would wrap his arm around me and still to this day, he lets me know that he prays for us every single day. And I go back in my mind and there are many people that have influenced me over the time and they held me accountable. And so notice Daniel here for just a moment. Daniel's not just going to go along with the crowd. He's not just going to allow these things. As a matter of fact, he knew that the meat that he was supposed to be, uh, to be uh, to eating and the, the meat that was being offered were two totally different things. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And you go on and you read the verses that we've already read. And notice with me, if you would, all of a sudden, he has been proven these things. In verse number 12, prove thy servants, I beseech thee. But now notice what the Bible says in verse number 20. In all matters of wisdom and in understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better. And all the magicians and astrologers that were all in all his realm. Can I share with you, it's always worth sticking with God. Always worth it. You know, there's going to be times whenever you're going to be around a crowd of people and they're given to this and they're given to that. They're given to the foul language. They're given to the alcohol. They're given to the, 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 the smoking. They're given to the sin after sin after sin. They're given to all of those things. And you're going to stand there and you're going to, to say, I've got to discern some things. I've got to determine some things. I've got to fix my heart on some things. Lord, I want to, to prepare and Lord, I want a purpose in my own heart that I'm not going to allow these things. Oh, the peer pressure is not going to start. It's going to continue. It's going to continue. It's going to continue. But you've got to purpose in your heart. You say, well, what's the big deal? Because when you stick with God, you're always sticking with what's best. Always what's best. You see, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want uh, to, to, to get the, the it's good enough. No, I don't want good enough. I want what's best. When we go out to eat sometimes and uh, we're, we're getting out to eat, there, you, you, you maybe some people will disagree. I know me and Brother John disagree on this, but to me a ribeye is better than a New York strip. I think he, like, he prefers the New York strip. I like the, the ribeye. I think it's best. I think New York strip is second best. I think some of you would probably say the flame and yawn is like top tier. I don't know. I can't afford it. So I stick with ribeye. I guess it is the best, huh? Uh, but I think we understand you want the best. You don't want, hey, you go to a restaurant. Well, we have this average steak that, that it's already taken care of for you. You, you. you get whatever you want. We have this average steak and we have, man, this is the best of the best right here. Well, I'm used to average, so just give me average. No, no, no. You're saying I want the best. That's what she's saying. You see, as you stick with God, you'll always find that God always gives his best to us. He doesn't just give us an average word. No, we've got the best word. He doesn't just give us an average life. He wants us to indwell and to to experience the best life. He doesn't give us a good will. He gives us the best will as we abide in him and walk with him. And so you find in this passage of scripture that he already understood. Daniel said, I purpose in my heart because I've already experienced the best. Why would I want anything less than the best? The Bible tells us that they were found 10 times better. Oh, what a blessing. As you go and you look across our nation, you look at some of the, the corporate companies, and you look across and you see some of the models, there are a lot of people that have started with one small little Christian company. It is my pleasure that now has gone on to many people as they go to the workplace. I was just in uh, one of the the at-home store just the other day. Let me rephrase. Kelly was in the at-home store the other day. All right, I was I was with her. And uh, she was in the store and she was looking and we were about to to check out and all that. And I said, thank you. I appreciate it. She said, it's my pleasure. I said, hmm, that's very interesting. It started with a Christian company and it's gone all the way into some of these, you know, corporate companies that think no thought of Jesus or the Lord or the biblical matters. You see, why? Because when you stick with God, you find that it's always best. You think about Hobby Lobby a Christian company that is modeling certain things. And all of a sudden, some of these businesses, I'm finding a trend that is starting to sweep across our, our country. If you go and you pay close attention, there are a lot of people that are starting to close the doors on Sundays. I'm rejoicing in that. That's allowing people to get back in the house of God. Allowing people to say, hey, this is a day. And they might think, oh, we're just going to give it to their families. No, no, no. Allow them to get back in the house of God. You see, he purposed some things. And all of a sudden, you see that they performed ten times better. Go with me to chapter number two for just a moment. You see, as you think about Daniel and some of the things that Daniel had done, are you willing to sacrifice some things? Are you willing to take a stand? The Bible tells us in chapter number two, verse number 16, then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time. That he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house. And made the thing known to Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. Aren't you thankful for godly friends? That they would desire mercies of God of heaven concerning this secret. That Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Verse number 28, But there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. You see, in this pastor's scripture, he begins to praise the Lord. Not only has he been prepared for some things and he purposed in his heart and he proved and all of a sudden he was found to be 10 times better, but now he's praising the Lord. And this is one of the the great struggles within many of our lives is that we do not and will not praise the Lord like we ought to. Go to Psalm 107 for just a moment, if you would. In Psalm 107, a powerful reminder that we've made emphasis on many, many times, but there's a reason that you ought to praise the Lord. There are so many things that begin to take place within your life and in the surroundings of your life as you begin to praise the Lord. And in Psalm 107, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse number 8. All that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. That statement, speaking of praise, speaks to cast out or to throw down or to throw to, if you would. Goodness here, speaking of stooping down and, and understanding all that God is and what he has done. He goes on and says, for his wonderful works to the children of men. And that statement, for his wonderful works, gives the the picture of bending down and just thanking the Lord for all that he has done. But he doesn't just say it one time. In verse number 15, he says, all that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 31. All oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. As you walk through, you see the emphasis here of praising the Lord. There are times whenever our own little pride creeps up. And we've been able to see God accomplish something. And by the grace of God, maybe he saw fit to use us. Sometimes our pride creeps up and we begin to think that we have done something. We might be sitting there having a conversation. And that conversation we're having with someone, we're bragging on ourselves. And that person begins to look at us and say, you've not done anything. God did it. And all of a sudden you begin to argue back. Maybe not with your words, but... That flesh within your mind and in your heart, you're really beginning to think you've done something. And so you might casually say, yeah, you're right. But deep down, you're thinking you've done something. And I always think about this verse because, oh, what a Savior. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. If I were to call on someone this morning and begin to ask you to testify, I would hope that you'd be able to find something that God has reminded you about concerning his goodness and his wonderful works in your own life. If you can't find something that God has done, then I pray that you would just dwell uh, in the Word and that you would spend time in prayer and ask the Lord to reveal Himself and His wonderful works within your life. You see, praise is something that needs to take place, and Daniel understood that. As you go to the book of Nehemiah and you begin to think about praise and prayer and all of it taking place in Nehemiah's life, he began to pray and he began to seek after the Lord, which we're going to see in Daniel's life here in a few moments as well. And how they go hand in hand, because as you pray and you begin to get along with the Lord, you can't help but praise him for who he is. Praise is so powerful. You see, praise begins to take all of the focus off of us and place all the focus on God, because it's nothing we have done. It's all about him praising him. Why do you think Daniel said, oh, there's a God in heaven? Because he isn't nothing, but God is. It takes all the focus off of us and puts all the focus on the Lord. It begins to think about this. When you're praising God, the angry or the devil getting angry. I love it. I love that. It's kind of like whenever you're having a conversation and someone's mad at you, but you kind of just are, are acting as if it's not that big of a deal. Let's just say Jonathan's fussing with me about something. and He's really wanting to light into me. I'm thinking, it's okay. He's saying, no, it's not okay. Yes, it's fine. He's just getting worked up more and more. Why? Because I'm not getting worked up. I'm not saying anything back. The devil can't stand it when we praise God. When we're going through difficult seasons of life, and instead of griping and complaining, we find a reason to praise the Lord. The devil's thinking, what's wrong with these people? What in the world? Now, I know that Christmas is something that some people are divided on, and and I get that, but there's a scene in the the Grinch movie where the Grinch has just stolen all of the presents, and all Whoville down there is having the time of their lives, and the Grinch thinks he's won the battle, and all those people are down there having the time of their lives, and he looks down and he says, What's wrong with these people? That's exactly the way I want the devil to look at my life whenever I praise him in the midst of, I praise the Lord in the midst of all the trouble and all the trials and all the problems in my life. I want the devil to look at my life and say, that Josh Farmer's got some issues. How's he praising the Lord in the midst of that trial? How's he praising the Lord in the midst of all that he's going through? What is it going to take to get him to stop praising God? I want the devil to be angry whenever I'm praising the Lord. It takes all the focus off of me and all the focus on the Lord. It takes And it begins to make the devil angry. It begins to get rid of all the griping and complaining and criticisms within our lives. We're very critical people if we're not careful. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for, notice these words, His goodness, and for His wonderful works to the children of men. You go back to the book of Daniel for just a few moments, and you see that Daniel was getting all the focus off of him and putting all the focus on God. He began to praise the Lord, and he says, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. As you think about praising the Lord, I want to encourage you, I know you can find something to praise Him for. Some of you have been brought through some very difficult seasons of your life and you ought to be praising the Lord for the provision that you found there, the protection in your life, for the problems that He brought you through or whatever the case might have been. As you begin to think about testimonies that were just given the other night on a Sunday evening by some of you, there were many of you that were just talking about the faithfulness of God within our lives. Praise Him for it and praise Him for it often. Notice what the Bible says in chapter number 6, if you would make your way there. We're looking at some of the things that Daniel was purposing to do within his own life, that he was living out. Daniel, in chapter number 6, verse number 3, the Bible says, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. The king thought to set him over the whole realm. I love this statement. An excellent spirit was in him. He was preferred because of this. I wonder, right this very moment in your life, what are some things that you are purposing in your heart right this moment? I know as I think about my own life, I'm purposing to love my family like I ought to. Well, how am I going to do that? By loving the Lord and getting into His Word like I ought to. If I don't love the Lord like I ought to, I'm probably not going to love my wife and my children like I ought to. I need to make sure that I'm purposing those things to live a, a life that is honoring to the Lord. You know, there, there are people that, that, that will make the statement, I just want to live a, a, a happy and good life. Well, the only way you're going to do that is to live in the presence of the Lord. Because that's where true happiness is found. That's where true joy is found. To be a good person. There are a lot of people who try to be a, a good person. Where do you find the, the right way to be a good person, the right things to do, and the right ways to live? Again, in this book. You say, oh, that's just so basic. Well, get the basic things down then. That's the struggle to read our Bibles, to to live for the Lord, to pray daily, to love the Lord. All of those things ought to be things that we're purposing. You sit down at a table and you begin to to write down, what are some things that I ought to be purposing in my life? And you begin to list all of the, the generic things. And then I challenge you to get specific. To get specific about some of these things. What do you mean by living for the Lord? Get specific about it. What is God doing right now in your life that he desires that you would just continue to purpose in your life concerning the Lord preparing you and guiding you and directing you and using you? I believe every single one of us this morning desires to be used. And every single one of us, the Lord has placed us in a certain place for a certain time to be used. But just because you're there doesn't mean that you're going to be used if you don't purpose some things. There is truth to this. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 10. As you continue thinking about Daniel and what he has done in his life, he says, as you think about a decree that has been made, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And so verse number 28 of chapter number uh, 6 reminds us, so this Daniel prospered. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that is found faithful. I want to experience all that God has for me. And as I am reminded time and time again, I have to purpose some things. I have to get rid of some things. I need to make sure that my life is lining up with God's will, not my own pleasures. And so I wonder this morning, as you go and you think about the life of Daniel, the Bible tells us in verse number eight, this one statement reminds us of all that God wants us to do. But Daniel purposed in his heart. I don't know about you, I want God's best. And God's best is found with God.